The bliss of the abyss, it's here now. Hey, what's going on? You're listening to The Bliss of the Abyss with Roberto Numark Jones. That is me. I am recording for you. Um, welcome back to the podcast. As you know, as you're aware, my name is Robert and I host a podcast sometimes. Mm. Took a break. Now I'm back. They couldn't keep me down. They couldn't keep me gone. They couldn't keep me lost. I'm live. Oh, and as soon as I'm live, as soon as I'm live, you get the messages. You get the messages. Tell me, how do you stay on top of the messages in your life? How do you? Do you have some kind of virtual assistant? feel like we all need a virtual assistant. I know some people who do that um, paying virtual assistants. Uh, some just from um, much more impoverished countries. And what they do is they just farm out their admin to them, which seems like a risk, a bit of a risk, a little bit of a risk, maybe. Could just go wrong. I know the uh, the Tim Ferriss thing, that bollocks. Uh, you know, the four-hour work week, the four-hour chef, the four-hour astronaut. A- astronaut? I was an astronaut, an astronaut with estrogen. But that's why you come here. That's why you came to this podcast, pod, pod, podcast. Um, yeah, all of that four-hour work week stuff. Which if you haven't heard, why don't you go check it out? Tim Ferriss. He also has one of those very annoying podcasts where it's like, how do I 8x my productivity while 10xing my free time? Um which, you know, good question. But it's all about them, you know, the sort of wise Jedi businessman bollocks, which is really annoying, isn't it? Really annoying. Rick Rubin started to do it quite a lot now, walking around like he's some kind of Yoda, giving all these boring interviews. I don't know what happened. He used to be great, right? Am I right? Am I right, kids? Anyway, um... That's what you do, apparently. You just uh, employ people in a much more impoverished country to do your admin for you and hope they do a good job, I guess. And that you don't get a load of emails that you actually look on one day being like, wait a second, why did you say this? Why did you say that? Why did you call my mother a ho 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 ho? Yeah. Anyway, so today, what are we talking about? I can tell you about my trip to Margate if you want. That's a lovely seaside town. Uh, I could do that, but I might not. I mean, I do want to check out some of this um, Destiny versus Milo Yiannopoulos debate because uh, he's back. Milo. <laughs> Milo's back. Who wants him? Who wanted him back? Who requested him back? But I've got quite into Destiny lately, and uh, he's quite good. Um, so I'm going to watch some of this debate and maybe comment on it or something. Um, maybe go live as well. Try out this new uh, streaming thing. I think I sorted out what was the problem with the um, uh, microphone last time, which is I was recording seven different inputs of it. 
<laughs> this nothing could go wrong, surely, if I record myself speaking seven times at the same time and then add echo on top of it. So this should be an interesting watch for us to comment over. Evergreen is what I'm hoping. But is anything evergreen? Is anything evergreen? Let's see. Amazing. And now in the affirmative, we will have a New York Times bestselling author and a, this is his bio, award-winning investigative reporter, a reformed sodomite, a global political sensation, a free speech order, an accomplished serial entrepreneur, a hair icon, a penitent, and to the annoyance of his many enemies, a happy person. You all know him though as Mao Yiannopoulos. Muted round of applause there for this absolute chud. Uh, oh. Okay. Well, that's an interesting entrance. Still leading into the Christian thing. I think he's boozing it up. Just like he's drinking. Uh, he's got sunglasses and a weird jacket. He's walking over to Destiny, giving him a handshake. Oh, he's wearing some kind of weird threads, though. Sort of like chic, but that's not chic. Um, you know, like... Oh, and he's got a, a man bag. That's on brand. All right, so the rules for this debate, we're going to go over real quickly before we start. But the question we're going to be answering today is, should Christian nationalism be the dominant governing ideology of America? No. We will have <laughs> 10 minutes each. Of no. Here we go. <laughs> Of course it shouldn't be. It's in the Constitution. The end. Uh, well, apparently this is going to go on for a lot longer. Of prepared opening statements, and then each of you guys will be able to go through five minutes of rebuttals each, and then I will ask two questions for each of you, and we'll rotate between you guys. You'll each have five minutes to answer the question I've directed towards you, and the other person will have three minutes to respond. And then we will have a I love the boring debate stuff like this. Where you guys will have questions from the Especially audience. Especially the speed debate and ones. you will also then be allowed to sort of go back and forth between the two of you. Those are my favorites. Have you seen the the speed debate? Um, there's the, it's the, I think it's a uniquely American thing where they try and get out as many words as possible in a short amount of time. Chicago style. That's what it's called. This is... I'm not sure what the point of it is, but it's quite funny. High school debate is not what it used to be. There is the traditional debate still, but now there's a hybrid. That's right, policy debate. It's about detailed research and the physical ability to argue your side in just a few short minutes. WD and Sean Lewis introduces you to the fast minds and some fast talking he found at Whitney Young High School. Overall health emergencies in the It's debate so fast. So few of us can actually understand. Ensuring medical. Which is, of course, the point of debate. You shouldn't be able to understand what they're saying. Listen to him. Care for immigrants is critical to weakness. But here at Whitney Young High School, some of the country's best are honing their craft. And rising health costs collapse the economy. Kevin Hearn. No idea. And Miss Al Gonzalez are ranked among the top high school policy debaters in the country. Are they? And the way they speak <laughs> is complete bollocks. Um. Anyway, hopefully this debate will be nothing like that, but we'll see. 
you. So you can kind of have fun with it. It'll be a complete free-for-all. So after that, we'll go for five minutes each for closings. And you guys are allowed to have prepared openings. And I will give you guys hand signals throughout so that we're all um, on time and so that everything is running smoothly. So let's get started uh, with the openings. It will be 10 minutes each. And we are going to start with Milo. Is that Indigo? Yes. Okay, starts with an ad hom. Okay. He's got blue hair. Oh, Milo. He looks a bit worse for I wear. I give you some credit for um, having the cojones to show up in Tennessee uh, barely a month after the bullet-ridden bodies of children have been buried as a sort of representative for a culture that did it and totally bad faith absolute bollocks he is not a representative of that culture and yeah so it's it's the fake it's the fake giving credit so that he can smear the person's name immediately just more ad hom offering anything but Condolences and sympathy. I think it's disgusting. I think it's he shameful. Looks drunk. How dare you? How dare you show up here offering anything but sympathy? Because, you know, I think uh, I should have stand or something. Uh, We're familiar with what happened in Tennessee. We're less familiar with the reasons why. Um, but the reason was that at any given time in society, there are about 20% of people who are just fucking nuts. Um, and those people will glom on to whatever the fad is for people who are fucking nuts. Um, so the current fucking nuts is trannies. Uh, you can see in the social trends. Okay, so he knows you're not going to say that word. Um... I mean, for those of you who don't know who Milo is, like, welcome to the shit show. Uh, well done. If you've managed to miss out on this bit of culture until now, then you get to hear a complete lunatic who's definitely going to spew some hate speech and uh, engage in bad faith arguments. And then you've got Destiny on the other side. Well, you'll, you'll get a flavour of him on his opening arguments, but I can't let Milo just just say that stuff and just carry on. It's disgusting. It's disgusting, how ironic I'm using his same rhetoric. It's when you, uh, you plot uh, anorexia and bulimia, which was the big thing when I was growing up, against the new nuts. That there's basically about one in five people who are just not really all there and will kind of do whatever. But when you hand those people, those unstable and dangerous people, a victimhood script when you give them a license to commit violence in the name of their supposed identities instead of giving them the treatment and the love and the prayers that they need. You turn those people into killers. You turn those people into uh, time bombs. And there used to be something in America that would protect against that. Go on, what's it, it going to be? Oh, really? Was it? Really? Is that what that was? When was that exactly that protected against this stuff? So Christianity used to protect against all of those things in America. I'd love to hear some examples of how. 
doubt we're going to get any, apart from some vague platitudes about how good it was back back way when, whatever those dates were, and however good it was. I think it's shameful that anybody would show up so soon after a tragedy caused by the kind of ideologies that you support and do anything but offer sympathy and condolences and celebrate the ideology that has protected us against this sort of thing for so long. It's outside the scope of our evening this evening to uh, prove or disprove the, the truth of Christianity or, or, or Christ or whatever. Um, but I'll, I'll make a few points. Um, there is no America without Christ. <laughs> he looks so faded. I don't understand. He used to be this... Okay, love him or hate him. I fucking can't stand him. But he used to be at least an an, an effective rhetorician. Um, so he'd go on a rant and he, he has a, a large vocabulary. So he could be persuasive. He could be... It's quite hard to find a lot of his stuff online now. He used to have his shit together. I mean, obviously, then that was that whole Kanye West presidential thing. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's. Let's see. Here's an interview from Channel 4 News back in 2016. Just to give some idea of um, the difference. In um, in the eloquence, really, I think is the is the main thing here. And there's even been speculation that he too could find his way into the Trump White House. I began by asking him what exactly alt right means. Well, it's a very young, vibrant, exciting new movement of conservatives in America. They are populists, they're nationalists, which is not a dirty word in America. Uh, they care about immigration, they care about trade, and they really hate political correctness. And you would describe yourself as one of those sort of cheerleaders. Of no, the, the media is, is desperate to crown me the queen of it. All I've ever done as a reporter is give them a fair hearing, give them a fair crack of the whip in the press. Um, for that crime, I have been called all sorts of awful names. Uh, but, but they're too extreme even for you, though. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I just We're fellow travellers on some issues, but, you know, they're, I'm very pro-Iraq, I'm very pro-Israel. There are all sorts of, you know, points of difference, I think. Do you think your erstwhile boss, uh, Steve Bannon, um, chairman of, of Breitbart and Trump, now Trump's chief strategist, do you I think he has horribly regressive uh, attitudes. He's been described by some liberals and anti-Semite, a white nationalist. Have they got that wrong? Uh, well, Breitbart is a company staffed almost entirely by Jews. I am a gay Jew and he made me into a star. He, you know, flew over to, uh, you know... Right, that's enough of Milo. By the way, he's not Jewish, um, actually, at all. Uh, that was a lie that he trotted out to try and curry favour with various aspects of the right. Uh, I believe he's Greek. Um, brought up in the UK, moved to America, married a man, and then he identifies religiously as Roman Catholic and has recently taken to claiming matrilineal Jewish heritage when it suits him. So I do not believe that this is correct. Half Greek, half Irish descent. Um, I mean, also he embraces all of this Nazi stuff. So, yeah, the point is there though is is listening to him there, right? Again, what he's saying is reprehensible, but he's eloquent. He's forthright. 
He's erudite. He's using humour. And then you have this man here who looks like he's been through the meat grinder that we all know he has been. And the reason for that is that um, this is an intrinsically and fundamentally Christian nationalist uh, country by which we mean it's built into the architecture of the nation. There's no getting away from it. You can lie about it. You can pridefully uh, claim that, you know, or you can be good people without Christ. You can't. Um, you're just inheriting uh, a system of good and evil from the culture in which you grew up, which accords with the natural law. America was founded, as Adams told us, with a constitution that is wholly unsuited to the governance of anyone but a moral and religious people. And when he said religious, he meant Christian, although he himself was uh, uh, wandered through various different kinds of heresy. Um, so how do you know he meant Christian then? Because <laughs> he definitely didn't say it. And what about the separation of church? I mean, these are all big, obvious what Adam said was that this country is, that it's, it's, it's founding documents, that it's founding architecture. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights were wholly and fundamentally unsuited to the governance of anything but a moral and religious people. Do you think that America uh, is comprised of a moral and religious people today? Why is eyes so closed? And what he meant specifically was Christianity because the way is that, that America the brightness of my screen or is he absolutely to. baked? And without it, it doesn't work because jury trials don't work when people vote with race instead of conscience and truth. Uh, society doesn't work when people don't obey contracts, don't uh, obey their word when they're oath breakers. The architecture of America oh, rests boy, this is fundamentally rough. on a bedrock of Christianity without which the entire thing falls apart. And that's exactly what's happening. Why is eyes closed? Take my word for it. You don't even have to take Adams's word for it, but one of uh, your own Supreme yeah. Court justices, somebody who was uh, famously left-wing, Rehnquist, I think it was. Can't bother to look it up, but um, he said that everything in America presupposes the legal system, the social system, the government. Everything in America presupposes the existence of the Judeo-Christian God. Without that. That's going to be really easy to argue against, isn't it? It's just going to be super easy. What, how, how, how's he going to dance away from separation of church and state apart from anything else? It all comes tumbling down. And without that, it is coming tumbling down. And without that, we're not able to give people who have terrible uh, sicknesses and weaknesses and defects the help that they need. Instead, we hand them victimhood scripts and they shoot up schools, they shoot up uh, churches, whether they are young white guys on antidepressants or whether they're transgender people who are told that it's white Christians are responsible. Well, Christians who've done it before, I believe. Or Muslims who've done it before. Radicals, basically. Radicals. But what difference does it make? Is he going to deny the existence of them or say they weren't really Christian? That's, that'd be an interesting dance away. All of their uh, miseries. It is Christianity that keeps us nice to each other, that keeps us being good to one another. And if you toss it out, as happened in 1776, you have a really big problem on your hands because and I'm going to say something very radical and difficult to say in Tennessee of, of all places, there are freedoms afforded to Americans that are too radical and too great and too daring without the insulation of Christianity. 
the First and Second Amendments don't work unless everyone's Christian. They don't <laughs> work, and they're not working. <laughs> they're not functioning. You can't give... All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, by the way, that is... Um, that was at 1.25 speed because his his speech was just too slow. Now, isn't the Second Amendment the right to bear arms? And is First Amendment free speech? Sorry, I know I'm married to an American, but I can't always know everything. Prevents the government from making laws that regulate an establishment of religion or that prohibit the free exercise of religion. And what's his point? That these things don't work without Christianity. That and the right to bear arms against a, a woman. Okay. You can't let shameless liars say whatever they want about other people in public without consequence. <laughs> what about there's Trump? Sort of, what about um, Daddy Trump? There's a sort of unwritten rule that sits behind everything in America. And it is that these are all the things you get to do because we know that you can handle it. We know that you can be trusted with this because you love God, because you respect life, because you won't take other people's lives, because you'll keep your word. Without that, the First and Second Amendments become a sort of license to abuse one another or to kill one another. What? They become a license to lie. They become a license to murder. They become too much freedom because there is such a thing. And without an underpinning moral architecture, this country doesn't work. And it's not working. <laughs> The whispering. Um, since this country has fallen away from God, <laughs> this Christian this country has begun to, begun to fall apart. And that's why all of this terrible shit is happening. That's why all the awful stuff on TV is going on. It's why you can no longer trust people to keep their words if you don't know them. It's why everybody keeps voting with their skin colour or their sexuality or gender or whatever bollocks it is today. Because they're not unified under Christ. Because they're not one under Christ. Because they're not... Brothers and sisters. You're on a rama. When are you going to get to your point? It doesn't matter if you agree with the literal truth of Christianity or not. The founders did, and they made a country for people who did. And if you don't agree with that, you don't like God, or you don't see why too much freedom... God, is how long How long does he get for the opening? And you don't appreciate... Jesus, when's he going to fucking shut the fuck up? ...but require it in public life. You should go to Canada. You should go somewhere else where there's a moral architecture built into the law. But here, it doesn't work without God. And when you don't have him, when instead people replace prayer and the rituals of the church with antidepressants. Oh my God. With compound interest, with games and drink and drug and drugs and fornication, the kind of thing he does with his wife. Wait, wait, compound interest. <laughs> who, re who replaced God with compound interest? I must have missed that. I must have missed that little switcheroo that happened to all of us. You know, offering her around town like she's common property. Rinsing his wife. There we go. America doesn't work when we behave that way. Because we'll all just end up murdering each other. That's all. Oh, That's fuck me. You have 10 minutes. Me. 10. No, that microphone is not working. It's not every day I'm the uh, progressive. Oh, what? Yeah? Oh, nice. Okay. Okay, so I'm, I'm not used to arguing for. 
I'm guessing him at 1.25 is going to be a little bit much. Let's see. For more freedoms uh, against conservatives on stage, but I guess that's where we're at right now with the conservative movement or whatever part of the conservative movement this is. Um, today, we've got viewers gathered from all across the world tuning in to a debate between me and Milo, where Milo is going to argue that we should turn the USA into an isolated, authoritarian, zealously religious country. I think that technology is Pandora's box that has changed this country and this world forever, and I don't think we're ever going back to the days of public squares and mail service by horse. Cultural, cultural exchange is happening, whether you like it or not, quite literally at the speed of light. Even right now, potentially hundreds of thousands or even millions of people around the world are listening to me and Milo have this debate. The only way to, type this, to stop this type of cultural exchange is through the militant authoritarianism that Milo is talking about on this stage. That might be through his being against the First Amendment, that might be against his taking away of the Second Amendment, and that might be through the institution of a state religion. This means the destruction of our freedom of speech, our ability to produce media, satire, and comedy, and our ability to communicate openly on the social media platforms we've all unfortunately grown addicted to. <clears throat> After Milo gets his way and abolishes the First Amendment, is he going to be the one deciding who we can or cannot make fun of on Twitter? Is the world really going to return to how it was before, before birth control, before women had the right to work, before, before gay people were allowed to get married, before we were allowed the ability to freely worship whatever God we wanted or abstain from worship altogether? I reckon that we cannot close Pandora's box. Christian nationalism, as it stands today, isn't even a coherent ideology. Its proponents will argue whether there's an ethnic component, whether one needs to be Catholic or not, and whether one needs to even be a Christian or a supporter at all in order to idolize uh, somebody for a Christian nationalist ideology. How many more porn stars does Donald Trump need to work his way through behind his wife's back before Christian nationalists stop worshiping him as their savior? <laughs> Such a rinse. <laughs> Are the evangelicals going to drop Trump or not? That was really funny. What was it? It was like, sometimes God makes a blunt instrument to get the job done. Um, so it's like, sure, he's a reprehensible piece of shit, but he will get through our agenda. Uh, I don't know. Doesn't look like, doesn't look like it's happened yet. Hmm. Maybe they're going to still support him. I guess we'll find out. As small as Christian nationalism is as a movement, even with it being as small as it is, there is still endless infighting. Anyone who's taken a gander recently at Milo, Ali Alexander, or Fuentes' Telegram account can attest to that. And now, with an already fractured and fighting minority movement, some want to put even more restrictions, such as race, lineage, sex sexuality, LGBT status, or geography, on who ought to be allowed to join their movement. The glory days of Christianity are largely over. While the number of worshippers have ebbed and flowed through time, it's impossible for us to return to where we came from. In 1999, almost 70% of Americans were part of a church, synagogue, or mosque. And just 20 years later, in 2020, according to Pew Research, that number has fallen to just 47%, a minority of the population for the first time in U.S. history. We need to be realistic about the coming years. We need to help our young men and women find purpose in the world and stop pretending like some Christian nationalism is the answer. We need to find ways to get our young people engaged with their friends, family, and their communities in ways that synergize with the technological explosion the entire world has experienced. If Christian nationalists want to continue to practice Christianity in America, then I say we let them. However, we should never allow them to take away our right not to do the same. Based. That was not 10 minutes either. Just got the job done. Milo, what are you going to do? Slur some cross-eyed bollocks back. I don't see, how long does this go on for? I'm not listening to this old thing. Let's see what he says. We will now have five minutes of rebuttals from each of you guys. So start with Milo. You have five minutes. Uh, if, the, if the movement is um, 
Thank you. If the movement, uh, such as it is, I didn't realise there was one, but um, if, if Christian nationalism is not yet adequately defined, it's because nobody used it before two years ago, um, which it seems to me to be perfectly reasonable. Trump is not a religious leader in any sense, and you're making a classic mistake of people who don't understand religion, don't understand God, and don't understand their own country when you say, uh, hold Trump... Hold on. Yes, he is. He literally... I mean, he's not, he's not a pastor, he's not a priest, but he, he leads the, the Christian right in terms of their voting bloc, their interests in America when he was president. I mean, what was that Supreme Court justice he got put on the bench? She was part of some weird sect, wasn't she? Some kind of Catholic sect, I want to say. Like I don't think I don't think it was a cult, but I think it was sort of one that was very uh, trad wife based, secretive Catholic group. Here we go. People of praise. They've always got these lovely names. Nothing wrong with this. Just lovely names. People of praise. It's a charismatic Christian group. Uh, in which so-called heads or spiritual advisors make big life decisions and in which members are expected to financially support one another. Married women, such as Barrett, count their husbands as their heads and all members are expected to donate 5% of their income to the organisation. So, I mean, that's that's not regular Christianity, that's for sure, though it's got elements of it, doesn't it? Tithes is certainly very trad. Um, oh boy. Anyway. Trump up as a kind of moral example. Render unto Caesar. We don't expect that our presidents should be like Jesus because they're not here to do Jesus's job. Um, so, no. Um, it's interesting you talk about women's rights. I mean, Christianity is the... <laughs> Sorry, I mean... <laughs> You know, I just don't know how hard to go in, really. I mean, uh, you know, you're talking about the religion that gave women uh, consent in marriage. You're talking about the religion that gave women the right to say no, that elevated them from chattel into human beings. You want to return women to chattel. You want women to be like your wife, passed around town. I'm sorry, but I, I'm not going to... It's pretty low, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm guessing as it heats up, there'll be sort of back and forth there. Uh, for people who are like, what the hell is he talking about? Destiny's in like an open thing. So, so is his wife. So they, they just have sex with whoever. Uh, it's not really the same as being passed around town. And I don't see how it's uh, really a rebuttal because that's not a stated position that he had. Take moral lectures on the rights of women from somebody who treats their, supposedly, their wife in what ought to be a holy sacrament as a communal sex toy. Give me a break. Give me a break. I'm not going to take moral lectures from somebody who, for all intents and purposes, may as well have a fleshlight instead of a wife. Jesus. Who demeans and besmirches her honour. Who speaks about a woman who should be treated with the reverence and respect and love that we treat our own mothers with. Like she was something you could buy. Like she's something that just, just to get off with. Passed around to other men while you watch. Oof. Flicking your... Jesus Christ. He's just really just leaning in. So to me, this just is an obvious loss. I mean, the whole point of debate is to make points and back them up. I mean, this is what you learn in philosophy. There's there's no points he's making here. It's just relentless ad homs. It's just personal attacks and vulgarity. Uh, to get shock value and maybe some titters and and to rile up your opponent. But actually, in terms of winning a debate, 
It's bankrupt. Self off. So forgive me if I decline to take any lectures from you on women's bloody rights. As for gay rights, no thanks. <laughs> I didn't want them when I was having sex with men and I don't want them now. Catholicism and Islam are growing, in case you aren't familiar with the world outside these borders. And the reason for that is that everybody sees what a bloody mess we're all in, thanks to globalization, thanks to the information economy, thanks to the kinds of changes that he says are inexorable because, like a lot of undereducated people, he doesn't have much of a grasp of the world before he was born. Um, I think if you were to uh, glance a little further back, whether it were to ancient Greece or Rome or the Holy Roman Empire, you would see plenty of examples in history or even, dare I say it, the Weimar Republic a little bit closer to our own era, in which an era of rampant sexual degeneracy was indeed replaced by some quite stern social rules, to put it mildly. History is replete with examples of uh, what happens when the public gets sick of people like you, fucking everything up. So his point there is, because Weimar Germany had more rights for women, was a freer and a more open society that, therefore, we got the Nazis. I mean, I'm a student of history. That isn't why. It was the hyperinflation. It was the growth of that movement and the tactics that they used to implement their power. It was the bitterness at the Treaty of Versailles, the bankruptness of the country. I don't know how much of a part the flappers really played, or the explosion of cinema. What were his other examples? Fuck him, he's an idiot. Breaking everything apart and destroying all the things that make society precious, that make relationships work. In fact, if you are to look back in history as far as Greece and Rome, you might say that history is really the story of how people like you, given undue influence and larger platforms than they deserve, um, continually express views that are so far outside of the mainstream and so out of step with what ordinary people think that you have to be regularly slaughtered and new governments have to be installed and coups have to be uh, uh, engaged in just to keep people like you in line because otherwise we'd all be dead. So I'm sorry, but I'm not... I'm... <laughs> otherwise we'd all be dead. I'm sorry. So the thing we have to do is regularly slaughter these people because otherwise we'd all be dead. Anybody see the contradiction inherent in these statements? Certainly not going to take any kind of moral lectures from you on anything. Also, he keeps repeating that point. Did he? Did Destiny at any point give a moral lecture? I don't think so. He just, it was just a, an overview, a scope. I mean, Milo's the one doing the moralising here from my point of view. But I've given you a few examples of why everything you just said is complete and absolute nonsense. But let me tell you, um, if your memory stretches back, uh, and as you're at university, you're an educated person, it should be further than 1980. Uh, yeah, you absolutely can put it back in the box. And we must, and we should, because otherwise America is done. All right, Destin, you have five minutes for your rebuttal. <laughs> I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to respond to. Um, I think it's yeah. a little funny that... Um, Apparently, I'm so far outside of what people regularly think, despite the fact that I'm pretty sure I'm giving you a bigger audience than you've had in the past several years, post your cancellation. There we go. There we go. I mean, how would you not? How would you not respond with a blow and a jab after after what you've just listened to? Yeah, he, he's got it coming now. You know, it's like in boxing. It's like, oh, you're going you're gonna to go low. You're going to do a low blow, are you? Okay. 
some people would just take that in their stride and be like, that was cheap. I'm not going to go for it. Other people might put in their own low blows. Same in football. You go in hard on a challenge. Suddenly, maybe you're more open to having someone else going hard on you. Um, but I see that um, this is this is what the uh, this is what the dying this is what the uh, dying throws I guess of an internet provocateur as he self described himself back when you were writing on the alt right and when you were writing on Trump now when you're, I guess you're not writing on guys anymore because apparently you prayed away the gay so whatever you're doing now um, but I won't get into all that I will uh, I'll take the high road despite the fact that <clears throat> you're one of the most obsessed with my wife's vagina gay guys I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Ex-gay, remember, he's ex-gay now, despite still being, I believe, married to a man. Very fucking weird, but um, very strange. Um, I'll kind of reiterate what I said before, I guess. I don't know how long we're going to do this, but yeah, I think that Christian nationalism is largely a joke. Um, I guess you can kind of see that the figures that are proponents of Christian nationalism, like Christian nationalism, are largely jokes. They don't really have any serious positions. They just sit up here trying to provoke. They really have nothing to offer the public, nothing to offer the public discourse, nothing to offer the people that are, um, I guess, trying to join and leave these movements, because obviously, as we can see online, they are ever fracturing and ever infighting more and more every single day. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. What else did he say? Right now, uh, the person who I will direct a question towards has five minutes to respond, and then the opponent has three minutes to respond to that. Then the first question is for Milo. As we know, Christianity has a lot of denominations, and even amongst your faith, Catholicism, there are lots of conflicting interpretations of the Bible and, and other uh, differing opinions. Can't wait to hear the bollocks that comes out of his mouth on this. Yeah. Yeah, because Christian nationalism, Christian nationalism will work, won't it? It will work, because all Christians feel the same. Hmm. Hmm. How many sects are there? How many sects? I mean, official sects are there of Christianity? I mean, worldwide. I mean, don't even get him started on, you know, all the Eastern brands, the Coptics. I mean, list of Christian denominations by number of members. Uh, ooh, here we go. So there's a lot. There's a lot. So the Catholicism gets in there at 1.345 billion, of which the majority of the Latin church, but then you've got, of course, the Eastern Catholic churches, 18 million, split into the, hold your breath, everyone, Byzantine, right? U Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, Melkite Greek Catholic Church, Romanian Greek Catholic Church, Rutherian, Hungarian, Slovak, Belarusian, Italo-Abalian, Greek Catholic Church of Croatia and Serbia, and so on. That's just in the Byzantine right. Then you've got the East Syriac right. The West Syriac right, all of these have multiple um, sidearms. The Armenian right, of course, and the Alexandrian right, which have the Coptics there, the Eritreans, the Ethiopians. Uh, canonically irregular groups, the Society of St. Pius X, no idea what that is. Independent Catholicism has 18 million. Protestantism, that's about a billion. How does that split up? Oh, Ang Anglicanism. Okay, so about 110 million. Um, so we've got Church of England, Nigeria, Uganda, Kenya, South India. And I mean, this list just goes on. Then we've got the Baptists, of course. Don't forget the Baptists. There's a lot of them. The Lutherans, that's pretty big. The Reformed churches, of course, Presbyterian being one of the big ones. Methodists, don't forget Methodists, they believe some quite different things. The Adventists, Seventh-day Adventists, of course, the famous one, but there's others. There's the Seventh-day Adventist Reform Movement, for example. Anabaptists, Quakers, Quakers believe almost, like, it's almost night and day how different they are from, from Catholics. Um, 
it's just Pentecostalists. I mean, I, I could carry on because this list goes on and on. So how's he gonna how's he gonna respond to the fact that within Christianity there are some sects such as the Society of St. Pius X, which I've never heard of before, has about a million followers, is it? Membership a thousand. I thought it said a million before. Um it's a pious union of the general of the Holy Ghost Fathers until 1968. I, it's, uh, it's confusing. Um, Anti-modernists, I mean, the society's canonical situation remains unresolved. I don't know. How, how, okay, so let's hear. Let's hear. How does he, how does he respond? How would you and your Christian National Society coexist with non-Catholics? Uh, you don't have to... I mean... <laughs> My patron saint, um, Louis IX, the only canonized king of France, um, says that uh, he knows what's coming already. Uh, uh, there must be a large rabbit warned about you. Um, it said that um, you know it wasn't really proper for, uh, for, to, to, to debate these kinds of things, and um, you know it's better to, to run somebody through with a sword than to uh, uh, than to, to hear them uh, brishmerch the faith or whatnot. Um, but so again, that's. Again, that's his go-to argument, killing people. Doesn't sound very Christian to me. If you think that uh, coexistence with Christians uh, is such an onerous and dreadful burden, um, perhaps you might like to tell the Jews, uh, who seem to quite like it. Uh, in fact, Jews and Christians, it seems to me, do best uh, in the sort of situation that you have in the West with a Christian governing majority. Uh yes, no, that's never been a problem. <laughs> they love it. Oh, we love it. We can't get enough of it. What's that? What's that? We've been systematically at every point in history banned from every single country in Europe. Oh, oh, is that right? So exile the entire population, anyone who says either converts or dies. Then you have World War II. But no, no, no. It's, it's always just been fine. Uh, and a Jewish minority, so that we don't all get too super serious and uh, up ourselves. And, you know, we have some good new interpretations of Mendelssohn now and again. Um, I, I, there aren't any conflicting uh, interpretations of the Bible in Catholicism. There is Such bollocks. That's just demonstrably true. And that's just easy to prove that it's, it's just not true. Only uh, church teaching. And church teaching is, is uh, eternal, um, unless some pope comes along and, and decides that, uh, even Francis hasn't done that, that he's going to rip it all up. Um, <coughs> Coexisting with Christians is the easiest thing to do in the world. Um, and uh, I can't remember who gave this example, but if you heard footsteps, so this is not my, not my analogy, but if you heard footsteps coming up behind you uh, in a dark alley at night, would you feel safer if you knew that it was um, uh, Dylan Mulvaney or any church-going Christian? Who's Dylan Mulvaney? I mean, I, I'm guessing this is a this is a straw man. Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, is this the person who the Bud Light conservatives are really angry about? Yes. Okay, that's right. That's right. That's why they're shoot, shooting up cases of beer because of this trans person getting a marketing deal. Okay. Don't think they've ever killed anyone, to my knowledge. I don't think she's a murderer. I think quite a lot of people who've been to church have murdered people. But apparently any 
That's it? For Dustin, you have three minutes now to respond to that. Can you, I'm sorry, can you read the prompt again? Yeah, sure. As we know, Christianity has a lot of denominations, <laughs> even amongst your faith, Catholicism, Miles faith. Uh, there are lots of conflicting interpretations of the Bible. How would your Christian national society coexist with non-Catholics? Well, I mean, the society that I advocate for is the one that exists today where people are allowed to worship whatever religion they want. I think that right now, America is superior to a Christian nationalist version of it because if two different people decide they want to worship two different versions of Christianity, they have the right to do that. Obviously, in Milo's world, I guess the non-Catholics even, I think, would get killed. I don't know how many, where the, the killing the starts and stops um, for his version of Christian nationalism or ethnically, me. I don't know where that starts or stops. I heard the run through the sword thing. Maybe you forgot what you said. I'm not sure what you were doing in the bathroom while we were waiting for you for 20 minutes here, but um, <laughs> maybe it's affecting your memory a little bit. It's, it's but yeah, I think in the United... <laughs> Yes, Destiny. Called it. Milo, let's go full screen. Does he look embarrassed? States. I think one of the reasons why the United States works as well as it does is because we've allowed so many different people to come here, worship in the way that we want, or worship in the way that they want, and we should continue to allow them to do so. 40 minutes is a terribly long time to do a line of coke. I was late. I was... I was, le I was late for the ordinary reasons that people are late. I was at the hairdresser. <laughs> All right, Destiny. I have the personality I have. So I'm stuck with it now. Um, now your question, Destiny. Uh, you have five minutes to respond to this, and then I'll have three minutes to respond to that. Some would argue that a society without religion at its core would devolve into a nihilistic society, deprived of any meaning or purpose. How would you prevent in your society, non-Christian nationalist governing society, from devolving into a nihilistic, meaningless society? I think that you have to have something greater than yourself to live for. And I think religion is like a really easy package to give somebody that kind of solves for a lot of those problems. Um, it gives you a nice guide for how to view the world. It gives you a nice guide for how to view your family. It gives you a nice guide for how to live an ethical life. And through that package, people feel like they have something greater than themselves to live for. I don't think it's impossible to have that thing without religion. But I think right now we're very politically fractured as a country, and it makes it really difficult for us to have those things. Um, so, for instance, there are certain topics that are hotly contested that I don't think should be. So, for instance, all of us should be able to say we're proud to be Americans. That includes progressives. That includes BLM people. That includes people on the left. It includes anybody that might, you know, however far left you go, you should be able to say that. That shouldn't be ground that we cede uh, to, to people on the right. I think it's kind of a shame that if you see an American flag on somebody's car today, you basically know that they're a conservative because nobody on the left would put that on their car. I think that's an insane proposition. So I think that when we've gotten to this point to where we're so politically divided that, that people can't here. feel proud of their country anymore. That happened here religion from those when I was growing kind of up, I guess, um, in the UK. That happened uh, around the time, I want to say it's pre-UKIP, so... It'll be, what was that idiot? Was it the National Front? Um, no, it was, the, it was the other guy. The guy with the, who looked like a kind of decaying, bloated parrot. Nick something? Um, anyway, at that point it became, if you saw an English flag. So that's the slight difference. Not a Union Jack, but a flag, a St. George's Cross. People were yeah, a little bit like, maybe just because of correlation, just because a lot of those people did have those hard right, anti-immigrant, etc. sentiments. It is a shame though. I mean, a flag should be able to represent lots of different things. Wandering from Twitter to Facebook to YouTube to whatever, just endlessly shitting on each other with no common united purpose. So I think that one of the things we need to work on more than anything else is, is kind of healing some of the political fracture that exists in this country. I think it's good that we argue with each other, um, but it's not good that we are relentlessly banning people from every platform so that we're all kind of like gathering in different areas and we're not even able to have conversations with each other in the same reality anymore. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, looks like it's crashed. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know how much more of this I can listen to, to be honest. This is um, it's absolute nonsense. I think, I'm guessing, 
for Milo, it's just any platform is a goal now because he's been banned from literally everything. And I believe is not only bankrupt, but there was a series of, of, of I think it was on Vox, where they got like access to a bunch of his personal built. info. Here he goes Apparently, back. He says, oh, you know, you get rid of, uh, get rid of the First Amendment and there goes satire. Again, apparently a memory that doesn't stretch back before 1980. Because I think most of the best satirists were Christian Europeans, weren't they? And before that, they were pagans. And, you know, we live in a very Hellenistic kind of a inheritance. And it was just complete and total bollocks. Um, and you've been doing a lot of complete and total bollocks, assigning positions to me that I don't hold. And uh, saying, oh, he wants to murder everyone. He wants to kill all the blacks. <laughs> I mean, um, no. He didn't say that, did he? Uh, but Milo has talked about murdering people quite a lot a destiny not at all so i don't know uh yeah vox had this whole thing he's more than two million in debt he's broke i think he's been shilling um christian idols on tv this is really really weird he's selling like you know like little statues of of mary uh, deplatformed Milo reduced to flogging Catholic statues. Since he's now ex-gay. Even back here, he was looking like he was a bit more on it. Maybe he was just having a bad day, eh? We all have a bad day from now, now and again. Uh, I don't know if the video's going to work here. So it's 11 and three quarter inches tall. If you're thinking about how this is going to fit into your uh, shrine, Adoring virgin like statue. I know sometimes people like to wake up and say good morning to their favourite, yes. uh, you know, people and saints and whatnot. Um, it's available in bronze and pewter, and they're both eighty-seven fifty. We don't, we're not yet set up for two easy payments, despite our uh, <laughs> church militant. Dot shop. Should we see what these people are about? It's quite an intense, quite an intense name. Church militant dot shop. It's a bit, it's a little bit much. What are they into? AR-15. Ave Regina, 15 decades. Okay, so they're the, they're the gun lot, are they? They're into guns and Jesus. What better combo could there be? DVDs, the one true faith. These things are always like 18 DVDs long. They sell veils, of course, and nun soap. Didn't know nun soap was a thing. Whoa, nun soap. You don't really have to be a man to use these. What? What is nun soap? This one says man soap. Nun soap. Is that a thing or are they just... Nun soap. Please explain this joke about two nuns in a bath. No. Okay, that's got nothing to do with anything. Uh, okay, I think it's just their own thing. Nun soap. Ah, oh. four million in debt. Now, I think this was, there was a bigger leak about him on this platform. I think they got like a whole load of his DMs and leaked him. And it was, uh, I mean, predictably uh, vituperative and vicious sort of rhetoric, but also kind of desperate and sad if he wasn't such a horrific nasty person 
Page one of 25. My God. Okay. They got lots of him. Kanye West, obviously, he helped him with his presidential campaign. <laughs> I mean, stuff like that does make you think that the, the States is becoming a little bit of a joke from the outside. Um, I mean, Kanye West running for president with Nick Fuentes and Milo Yiannopoulos, and then just disappearing. <laughs> Presumably being like, mm, this manic episode might be over. Uh, here we go. What happened to him? What happened to him? What's changed? Okay. I don't know. No. Um, look at the societies that Christians build. Look at the things they build. In Catholic theology, um, there's a thing called the transcendentals, and it's uh, supposedly um, the things that all souls have in common, that all uh, people yearn for, and which brings us closer to an understanding of God. Uh, now, opinions differ on how many of these things there are, but the, the core three that everyone agrees on is beauty, truth, and goodness. And it seems to me that if you look at the frescoes in Italy, or you listen to German composers, or look at Dutch painting, that we in Western Christian Europe have done a pretty good job of embracing beauty, truth, and goodness, and also self-sacrifice and sacrifice for love, which is the central image of Christianity. Feuerbach, the philosopher who was not a Christian, um, did not like Christians at all, said that, you know, um, you can sort of tell uh, what a culture is all about from its, its religion's kind of central symbol. Ours is Christ on the cross, dying for someone you love. It's Tristan and Isolde. It's all the things that we think are most noble. It's sending people to war to die for their country. All of those values, all those things we love, what? rest on the image of Christ on the cross. We are good only because we have learned goodness from Christianity. And we can insist in a prideful way that, oh, no, no, I'm good because I made myself good because I got there through reason. All right, mate. Just look at the societies that Christians build and you tell me where you want to live. Is it Abu Dhabi? Is it the Congo? Is it Sparta? Or is it Western Europe maybe 50 years ago? I know where I'd rather be. All right, last question for Milo. And you'll have five minutes to respond to this, and that's about three minutes to respond to that. Some would argue that societies governed under one faith could devolve into tyranny. How would you prevent a second inquisition or a Soviet-style dictatorship with them forcing people to proclaim their yeah. allegiance to the state and faith? Good. The Soviets are crap because they... Okay, yeah, obviously. I don't know why why bother mentioning the Soviets because it's, it's just that's giving him too easy a victory. That's a, Again, that's the straw man for him to defeat because... The Soviets weren't even, they weren't even, they were anti-Christian, they were anti-religion. They weren't, I mean, it devolved into tyranny because there was one state-sponsored way of being, but that doesn't, that doesn't track. Why not just use the other example, which is much cleaner, Spanish Inquisition, much clearer, Catholic-run society, getting rid of heretics, and they used as broad a definition of that term heretic as is humanly possible. Don't forget all the torture as well, not just killing. Failed. I mean, they failed to do what America has accomplished, which is uh, have people thank you for their enslavement and ask for more chains. The Soviet Union never really achieved that, but America has, with prescription drugs and uh, all the other things that people are addicted to. I mean, everybody in this room is dependent on a, a cocktail, a little package, it'll consume a package of things that get them through. What about you, Milo? What are you into? What are you into? Hey, what are you into these days? Spanish Inquisition. 
torture methods. I don't think any of these were officially signed off by the Bible, but let's have a look. Punish the non-believers. Six cruel torture methods of the Spanish Inquisition. Royal decrees issued in 1492 and 1502 demanded all Jews and Muslims convert to Christianity or leave Spain. Yeah, again, Jews and Christians living side by side. That's all good. That's all good. No problem there. Um, obviously, otherwise you're a heretic. And if you're a heretic, ooh, you're going to be tortured and murdered. So here's one, the strapado. So you got your hands tied behind your back and then a rope tied to the wrist and pulled over a pulley. Oh, and then you're pulled off the ground and you're hanging from your arms tied behind your back in the public square of, well, of course, variations included using weights to cause more resistance and pain. Yeah, so it's a little bit like a crucifixion there because your body starts to separate. Wow, that's bad. Uh, water torture. Oh, well, we all know about that. Um, yeah. That's been used all over, hasn't it? Um, oh, what's the Mexican Inquisition? Oh, well, did they do it over there as well? Oh, so it wasn't just in Spain. Oh, it's happened before. Ooh, interesting. The rack. We know about the rack. Put them on the rack and then you just stretch them out. You crank them out. So their limbs separate, crack, pop. The wheel, breaking on the wheel. That's another one. They like stretching and breaking. What's the hair shirt though? This one might be more fun. A garment made out of animal hair, a neck opening and rest upon the shoulders. Sometimes it was called a silice or sackcloth, and you wear it against the skin because it irritates it. During the Spanish Inquisition, the hair shirt was used after a voluntary or post-torture confession. Okay. <laughs> Even after you sort of confess and you'll just say, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, they're like, well, ha have a hair shirt for a bit. Think about what you've done. Torture chambers, etc. Um, oh, the Inquisition reached Mexico. This day in Jewish history. I, But I thought they were okay with Christianity and Jews. Church's attention turned to Africans. Oh dear. The Inquisition in New Spain, as Mexico is called, from 1571 to 1820. Barking. How many people had to die? Oh my God. Right. I'll learn about that another time. Let's see. Let's see what Milo's got to say. Cards or gaming or whatever, uh, uh, um, passing your wife around. Um, these are the things that will get you through life. Um, I'm not terribly concerned about preventing another Inquisition. I think it'd be quite a good idea. Um, got pretty bad rap, just like the Crusades does. I mean, you won't hear this from uh, dishonest. Again, again, advocating violence and murder. People who throw accusations at, uh, you know, without really listening to the arguments of their opponents and who aren't educated prior to 1980, but um, the Crusades were a defensive war. The Inquisition wasn't all that it's been said to be. Um, I don't have... The Crusades were not a defensive war. That is utter horseshit. I'm not even going to go and fact check that. I know that is fact. Fact bollocks. Also, there were a bunch of Crusades. What about the Children's Crusade? That was a defensive war, was it? Sending a bunch of kids. Okay. Enormous problem with us uh, wandering around and making sure people aren't murdering each other in the womb and uh, and, and making you know sitting back and making money off the poor, uh, you know, landlords in Brooklyn. 
Um, I, don't, I don't have a terrible problem with that. Um, you know, I don't think that protecting against tyranny is the thing that America should be most concerned with at the moment. I think an urgent, strict, and perhaps stern realignment to a, a much more conventional morality would make everybody happier. And I don't think that anyone in this room can honestly say that America is better now than it was when most people were going to church or at least God-fearing. It isn't better. And you don't have to be a Christian to participate in a Christian society. Christians are the best of all at letting people in. Sometimes too much. Sometimes the people that come in end up messing everything up. You don't have to be a Christian to benefit from a Christian society. And lots of people in this room have done exactly that. Uh, but when you take God out and, and you know, things start to fall apart, you end up in a world nobody wants to live in. And we are in. Sorry? I knew what that person's saying. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, well, I mean, if I had my way, I'd go back to about 1,200. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I mean, lots of, lo, lo, I mean, lots of propagandists in university departments call it the dark ages. Um, you know, well, this is a conversation the other day, really, but um, that seems to me it was uh, quite, quite a nice time to live. And uh, I think that you would find, based on what, mate? If you care about just bollocks. If you do care about things above and beyond yourself, if you care about where we go afterwards, if you care about leaving a good legacy, if you care about being good to the people around you, I think a lot more people in 1400 got into heaven each year than do now. And I don't think you have to be a Christian to accept that that's because we're not nice anymore and we're not good to each other. And the reason for that is the failing moral architecture and underpinning of society, which was required by the founders. It's not. All right, Destiny, you have three minutes to respond. Can you hit me up with that prompt again? Some would argue that societies governed under one faith can devolve into tyranny. How would you prevent a second inquisition or a Soviet-style dictatorship where people have to proclaim their allegiance to the state and faith? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a hard question for me to answer because I'm not advocating for Christian nationalism, but I would say, obviously, we should be allowed to carry on as we are now, where everybody's allowed to choose what God they want to worship, choose the lifestyle they want to live, as long as they're not encroaching on the freedoms of other people. I think you should continue to have the right to do that. So it's my argument in the negative. Also, I do think it's kind of funny that Milo pointed out that everybody in here is addicted to consumerist packaging, when I'm pretty sure that bag is worth like 10 times more than my entire outfit. It is. It is. All right, now we will do the last question for you, Destiny, and then we'll go to the Q&A slash crossfire. Some would argue that most people are naturally drawn to some sort of faith or belief in a higher power. How would you prevent your society from inevitably becoming a religious society and thus being run by the exact same organizing faith or ideas that you want to stop? Um, I mean, I think that the important, I think the important thing is for people to have something bigger than themselves to live for. I don't think it has to be religion, but if it was religion, I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing in the world. I think that the defining aspect of the United States is that a lot of people with contradictory ideas can exist within the same geographic borders, governed by the same legal system, voting on the same politicians, and somehow finding a way to make all of that work. I think we've done it for hundreds of years. I think we do it better than any other country on the planet. Right now, today, not before 1980, not in the 1200s, but today in 2023, I think we have an incredibly diverse country of people, all sorts of creeds, all sorts of ethnicities, all sorts of different types of people that seem to be living together are making it work. I think we have problems right now, like I mentioned earlier, with political division. And I think that that's a real problem that we need to combat, but I think we need to do it by having honest conversations about what we can do to move forward, not by talking to people that want to look back hundreds or thousands of years to what society used to look like before there was Gucci and hairdressers. I could live without both um, if it meant that you would be left on a mountainside somewhere, your parents wondering which god they'd pissed off, which is exactly what would have happened in a pre-Christian civilization to something like you. Probably would have left the gays um, there before people like me. <laughs> I don't think you can tell when it pops out whether it's going to like cock or not. Um, maybe if it's your kid, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'll ensure that's the case. Um, I mean, you'd know all about kids liking dick, huh? Is that, isn't that... <laughs> would I? Would I? Would, would I? Tell us more about that. Would I? 
Because that's a pretty big fucking allegation. Would I? Would you what? Would I know about that? Well, seems like it. Isn't that what you got canceled for? No, I got canceled for talking about the fact that I was a victim of clerical sexual abuse. I was so about like little boys liking dick, right? Oh, I see. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you, go. you got there eventually. It's okay. okay. Can tell right. you're coming down right now, but I'll walk you through the rest of my jokes if you need me to. No, I, 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 fair, fair enough. Okay. okay. Are you bringing it? Fine, fine, fine. Shame for Michael's daddy. Would have liked that. Um, I think if. Um, so yeah, let's stop there. But let's let's see if there's that clip. Just one more time of him saying that child sexual abuse claims, which got him cancelled just before, just before caught on tape defending paedophilia. Let's see if we can see that on a radio show. What did he say? Anybody remember? I'm pretty sure it was ugly. Confirmed. This is when he was going to speak at all of these things. Where is it? Is it, uh, do I have some kind of content blocker on that's not letting me? Look how many content blockers I have. That's because of the untrustworthiness of every single website throwing endless banners and ads and subscriptions at you. But no, it doesn't appear to be working. Oh, here we go. Have we got an ad or is it just going to give us the Drunken Peasants podcast? Totally destroy this arbitrary and oppressive idea of consent, which totally destroys, you know, um, the you know, understanding that many of us have of the complexities and subtleties and complicated nature of many relationships. You know, people are messy and complex. And actually, in, in, in a homosexual world, particularly, some of those relationships between younger boys and older men, the sort of coming of age relationships, the relationships in which those older men ha- help those young boys to discover who they are and give them security and safety and provide them with love. And I think there's worse. There's worse as well. I think there were some other things that got exposed. And I'm pretty sure even on Rogan, he said something that wasn't a million miles away. But that's when he had to resign. That's when he was booted off of all those platforms. That's when his book was taken away. Um, Well, that was interesting, wasn't it? Uh, I can't truly believe that there is another two hours on this but if so milo by the end must be looking rather tired (laughs) considering right now he's struggling as it is anyway um thanks for joining me on the show today it's been an interesting one i hope you have a lovely rest of the week and i'll see you next time for another episode of the bliss of the abyss yeah listening to the show if you've enjoyed it please give us five stars and consider becoming a subscriber and maybe even supporting us on patreon really 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 helps me continue making this show uh, if you haven't enjoyed it then you can many many thanks to nils hennis steer for the amazing music and to dave fox for the cool artwork please keep coming back every week for more bliss of the abyss
message message one